California, California, why do you hate us? What is going on with you? You have new mask mandates and you want to shut down harder, but we're not even going to talk about that today. Today we're looking at why do you hate churches? And also, why are you casting spells and teaching kids how to cast spells? And also, why are you putting four-year-olds, four-year-olds in the LGBTQ plus rainbow club and teaching them all about the lifestyle? I don't know, but we're going to talk about a couple of different stories today and see what's going on. My name is Matt Odegaard. Welcome to Church Public. Welcome back to Church Public. Thank you so much for joining me here today. If you haven't already, you can like and subscribe on all of the different platforms. Check out the podcast. Audio podcast exists on all the different places you want. I appreciate a like, a review, a subscribe, a share. All those things would be great. If you do want to see this, there is a video as well. It is available at churchpublic.com, and you can find more information about me and all of the things that are going on there, as well as previous episodes. So today we're starting in San Jose. I don't know why, but that happens to be the focus of a bunch of different weird things that are happening. The first of which, unfortunately, is the government of California again trying to shut down churches. So I I lived through in California for a couple of years now, the government of California and several counties and other cities just really hating churches and trying to shut them down in a lot of different ways. Uh, You're not allowed to worship. You're not allowed to go. You have to do all these crazy measures. There's a bunch of different things going on. And fortunately, the Supreme Court said the state is not allowed to shut them down. And in fact, it has ruled twice now in favor of Calvary Chapel San Jose. And yet... This poor Calvary Chapel, San Jose, is in trouble one more time. And I'm going to look at this number because I don't want to get it wrong. It appears that they now are being asked to pay $3.8 million to the state, even though the Supreme Court struck down the worship ban and they decided to meet anyway during the time that, according to the state, they were not allowed to meet. I've talked all in and around and through this whole deal. You can go and listen to a bunch of those different episodes at churchpublic.com or any of the podcast areas. But suffice to say, and, and just to sum up really briefly, the government has authority and we give the government authority. And that's part of our self-governance. And we allow the government to take that authority and present that authority in different matters. However, worship happens to be one of those situations where, as the church, we need to, as the scripture says, not give up meeting together. It is really important for us to meet together. It's really important for us to meet together in person. Many people are now realizing that again in some of these places that have been more locked down than others. And... You understand, after not seeing human faces and not being around human people, after a while of that, you understand that you do need to be around other people. Just emotionally, psychologically, we we need other people. It's super important. Now, spiritually, I think there's a really big component to that, too. It's almost like God knew what he was doing when he said, don't give up meeting together. (laughs) And yet, this one particular church in California, in San Jose didn't. They decided to say to the government, I understand your concerns. However, worship is essential. Now, again, to catch you up in case you forgot, this is in the midst of things like Costco never closing, the big box stores never closing, marijuana dispensaries never closing, strip clubs not closing, 
many, many things didn't close. However, the governments, various different places in, in California and New York and some other places around the country said church, however, is not essential. It's not an essential activity. Therefore, you can't go and do that. And they said that many times throughout the last couple of years and this pandemic and the, and the whole deal. And some churches said, no, it is important for us to meet. It's important for us to meet because the worship of our God is actually the most essential thing that we do. Focusing on who God is and who he is in our lives and how we relate to him and therefore how we relate to other people is really probably the most important thing that we do, period, in the community. So this particular church didn't shut down. And they even went to court about it. And they even won in the courts about it. However, now, once again, the governing bodies of California are finding another way to persecute this church. So in the first part, the governor said, you have to shut down. And then the county said, indoor gatherings of all kind remain very risky. That's a quote from the Santa Clara County earlier. And those were all overturned. And now they're saying this church has to pay $3.8 million in uh, fines because the church refused to comply with the previous laws, which already were ruled unjust. The church or the county has threatened the church's mortgage holder, they've threatened the church's bank, and they're demanding the church. This is a quote from Life News, um, LifeSite News. Uh, that the church turn over names of members, volunteers, donors, which exposes them to everything uh, the government officials could, you know, reach out. Um, the church's lawyer said, quote, financial records to prove the church just opened for the money, end quote. That's what the government is trying to prove. They're saying church is just a big money racket. It's just about the money. And of course, if you're a believer, if you're a church goer, you know that's not why you go to church. Sure, church includes an element of money, a tithe, a giving, an offering. That's not the point of church, unless you're a cult, in which case we'll talk about some of those things at a later time, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about believers who want to go to church and not and don't want to be hassled by the government for going to church. And we're not talking about Afghanistan. We're not talking about China. We're not talking about Russia. We're not talking about Iran. We're talking about the middle of California, the Bay Area of California. And so now, another government agency, this is OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health. And if you do recall, OSHA is the one that is supposed to enforce these vaccine mandates as well. That's a side story that we talked about in the past, and uh, you can go back and listen to some of those. But OSHA went to this church's door, um, and according to this report, it says they got a warrant from the court to investigate and interrogate the employees, said their pastor. And, of course, this isn't just the typical OSHA stuff. If any of you are in construction or any kind of uh, work-related things, you know OSHA. You make sure you stand on ladders right and drive the lifts right and uh, don't handle chemicals right, blah, 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 whatever. No, no, this is all about COVID protocols and seeing if people are wearing the right masks and doing the right things inside and outside and blah, 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 whatever. When, and, and, again, if you don't, if you don't remember, singing in California, in churches, was illegal, period. Singing, chanting, praying out loud, those were all illegal for almost a year in California. You were not allowed to do those 
in churches, according to the state. Which, of course, to a person who's been alive for more than five minutes, is ridiculous. Because singing, praying, worshiping God is like the core of faith. How else are you supposed to express to God? And as a worship leader myself, I know that music has a very special place in the whole worship order. And and you don't have to take my word for it either. You can go back and read through the Psalms. David, King David, who was quite an artist, um, authored uh, something like 70 of the Psalms and, and some other songs beyond that. Um, Mary sung a psalm. Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, she sung to God. I, I could go on and on. I don't need to. I think if you have any understanding of church, you understand that singing is also really important. So I, the reason I bring the story to you is we are seeing across the world, and especially in the westernized countries, we saw this in Australia, we've seen it in Canada, we've seen it in England, we are seeing this in America, especially California, Washington, New York, some other places, that the government is specifically cracking down on churches. As I mentioned, there's a bunch of other things that the government is not cracking down on. However, Christian churches is one of the things they are, and in some places like New York, Jewish synagogues and other things. But specifically, Christian churches are being cracked down on. And the reason we need to talk about this nationally is Joe Biden himself said he wants to make America California. California is a model for America. New York is another model for America. The leftist leaders, the super liberal leaders in America want America to be like this. So we need to pay attention when they do things and when they say things and when they when they put effort and energy into a certain and into a certain outcome like this, like trying to shut down a church who's not complying with their ridiculous mandates. We need to pay attention and say, oh, there's a reason you're doing this. And the reason that we come back to, and the reason that I point you back to again and again and again is because you cannot have more than one authority. Um, Jesus even talks about this in regards to you and money. You can't serve two masters, but the opposite is true. You can't have two authorities, and the authorities know that. The government knows that. The government knows. If your authority is God, then you're going to be responsible to God and what he has for you. If you can remove God from that, then all of a sudden the government gets to come in and tell you all that you can do and actually provide a certain level of salvation. And that's really what they're trying to do. They're trying to tell you, just trust us. We will save your lives. That is exactly what's going on here. I've talked about it again and again and again, and we see it very clearly. They're trying to get rid of some of these churches that aren't complying with all of their rules. And we're going to see more of this. And if the if the virus continues, we'll see it in terms of the virus. If it is other things, we'll see it in terms of other things. These leaders in the government want to remove the competing authority. And that's the kind of thing that we see. And so I just, I thought I'd bring that story to you. I'll be watching that story. I thought the story was over because the Supreme Court victories had cleared this specific church and many, many like it that also got uh, to uh, celebrate in the precedent of this particular case. But apparently this is now still ongoing because the government 
If they're not anything else, they are persistent and they continue and continue and continue and they will not give up on these things. So now we turn to another story in San Jose. And this one is, I don't know, just even a weirder one, but I have to bring it up because it goes into something we've been talking about before and it's, I don't think, unique to California in this particular instance. And one of the things that I've mentioned, that I've seen, that I've been reading about all across America is the rise of witchcraft and tarot and all kinds of other things like that that are that are related to this in students <clears throat> and of course the reasons are similar the reasons are because you need something and everybody knows there's something more and you have to figure out you know what your religion is i, I was reading uh, this a couple of polls that i'll talk about on a on a later show but we're at the lowest like national religious level in 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 the history of america but i don't think that we are actually I think it's just that we've transferred from one religion to another. And it used to be that we were much a Christian nation, or at least Judeo-Christian nation, and now we've moved into this religious nation, only the religion is something different. And again, that's just a teaser, maybe. I'm going to talk more about that on another time. But one of the things that people, many people, have gone into is some kind of witchcrafty thing. And so in San Jose, another high school in San Jose... This story comes out of uh, CBN News I was reading. And a couple of students kind of broke this story and said, hey, um, one of the things they taught us this year was that if your students won't say Black Lives Matter, but they'll only say All Lives Matter, which is offensive to certain people, then we're going to teach students how to put a hex on those other people who say All Lives Matter. So this is um, a little terrifying, but you know we, I'm not going to get into the whole BLM thing and and all this other stuff because I've, I've talked about that before and I, I don't feel the need to talk about it right now. Um, I, I'm just going to say like again, if you are in Christ, you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Uh, the old has gone away, the new has come. That's that's Paul talking, and we need to operate like that as Christians. And yes, I'm not eliminating. The that there's sin in the world, there's brokenness in the world, there are consequences and repercussions of that sin. Those are all true things. However, what I want to focus in on here is that these students, presumably by their teachers, were taught how to hex, like put spells on other people if they didn't believe the same way they believed. So again, this is where I get back to this idea of we, we haven't just left religion entirely and, and moved out of Christianity and just now we're agnostic and there's no religion. No, no, we're moving and, and we just move into another religion. And this happens to be one. And this happens to be a little bit terrifying because we're teaching people how to hex. So um, one of the texts was this was a, a writing assignment, writing prompts on police brutality and violence. There were 12 sections, and one of the sections was, quote, to teach students or guidance for students to use witchcraft to put a hex on a specific list of people because hexing people is an important way to get out anger and frustration, end quote. Really? <laughs> for, for whom? How, how do you get out anger and frustration by uh, invoking witchcraft and um, summoning the devil. I mean, this is terrifying stuff to me. Again, in in terms of having your children and and I don't I hopefully none of you have your children in schools like this, but this is why as a parent, speak to your parents now. It is super 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 important 
to find out what your kids are reading, what they're learning, what they're what they're bringing home. Like uh, at this point, I don't trust many teachers out there. It, it like when when I hear stuff like this, and and I don't share half of the stories that I come across, uh, the bulk of the stories that I come across, because some of them are just are too weird. But this one really ties into religion, and I think that's important. I think it's. Uh, important for us to understand this. So this is uh, continuing on. In the assignment that this student was given, make a list of specific people who have been agents of police terror or brutality. It can be wide-ranging, microaggressions, larger perpetrators. Um, Pick one of the people on their list uh, and write your own hex poem cursing that person, end quote. This is the actual assignment that the students were given, apparently, in this school. Um, I'm not going to list the high school because I don't want to call them out in that way. It was in San Jose. Um, this is this is not good. Uh, this is not good in a lot of different ways. And and this is where um, I talked a lot about critical race theory, and this comes out of critical race theory. But really, this is an extension into just paganism, like literal pagan worship. This is just pagan worship. This is just saying like there is no God or God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. There is some kind of lower G god or goddess or something like that, and we're going to use those powers to put hexes and curses on people. Like I, I went through a bunch of uh, verses the other day. You can do your own quick search. Just search uh, witchcraft in the Bible, and you will come up with a ton of verses. There are a lot in there from uh, Deuteronomy, Leviticus. Uh, there's a bunch in the New Testament and some of Paul's letters. Again, I'm not going to list all those off for you today, but... Feel free to do your own research that witchcraft, occult, those sets of things are not approved in the Bible. And the reason they're not is if you think as a small human without the power of God in you, that's what I'm talking now first, that you are more powerful than the principles, the demons, the authorities, uh, the rulers of this world, I would spend a little bit of time thinking about how much time you've spent on this earth, how much time some of the other uh, beings have spent around this earth. And again, as Paul says, we are not in a physical battle. We are in a spiritual battle. That's in Ephesians. So that's without the power of God. Now, with the power of God, you don't have to fear because God is bigger. God has already won. He has defeated the power of sin and death. That's why it's so important to follow after Jesus and have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Um the blood of Jesus is really, really, really powerful, and we don't have to worry about these things. But that's what scares me here is, not scares in the way that I'm nervous personally, but it scares me for these children because these children don't know any better. These children have not been taught any better. They probably have no Christian experience, or if they do, it's limited because they're children, and they are being indoctrinated into a literal occult using hexes and witchcraft, and spells, and that is a really dangerous and powerful thing that I'm not sure anybody in this particular situation really understands. So I'm going to leave that story for now. I just continue to watch out for stories like that because it's important. It's important to know, and and so more than anything, again, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of God, you don't have to worry about that stuff, but also don't dabble in that stuff. Two, Check what your kids are doing. It's important to note what is going on in your kid's school, in your kid's life. Um, there are teachers literally everywhere who 
are dealing with this kind of thing and maybe promoting this kind of thing literally everywhere. Like I have read, I have read about them in every state in America, I think at this point. So it's not, it's not unique to California, though this story does come out of it. Uh, I want to give you one more story today. And again, we're in California. This one is, uh, I don't even really want to talk about this story, but I need to, because again, this is one of the things where you need to watch out uh, because some of these, according to what I'm reading, this one's coming out of the Federalist, but according to what I'm reading, sometimes they're not asking permission from the parents to put kids in these programs. And that is the important thing. So this is, uh, we're going down to Los Angeles for this. This is Los Angeles Unified School District, which I believe now is the second largest school district in America. It was first at one point, but I think it's down to the second uh, largest school district in America. Um, they have an Office of Human Relations, Equity, and Diversity. They hosted a 10-week online club for LGBT elementary schoolers down to TK. And if you're unfamiliar with that is, that's the transitional kindergarten, which is the pre-kindergarten, which is somewhere in the four-year-old range. So four-year-olds were in this virtual club, which was called the Rainbow Club, it was advertised um, students from preschool to fifth grade as a, quote, virtual club for LGBTQ plus elementary school students, their friends, and their grown-ups, end quote, because we can't talk about parents because that would break the mold of this particular ideology. This club met, and there were also similar clubs for middle school and I believe high school as well. Um, this club had meetings where the goal was, quote, to support families of elementary age children led by clinicians talking and doing art projects. Um, these particular clubs were to meet and talk about topics related to their identities and quote, here's, here's the problem. And, and the, the problem is identity. And I, I'm going to do some more series on identity because I think that is, I think that's one of the heart issues that we're really dealing with. What is your identity? Where does it come from? Where do you get it? Because all these people are searching for identity. <laughs> on a side note, I was also reading this really troubling uh, report this morning, um, which actually was in Billboard magazine, which I don't read very often, but the report was forwarded to me that the number of furry children is increasing exponentially in, in young kids. And if you don't know what furries are, I'm glad that you don't know, but there are just people who dress up like furry animals. And, and the reason that I bring this up is it's all about identity. And I'm not going to talk much more about that story because it's a weird story. And, but, but it's unfortunately not as fringe as it used to be. It used to be just weird, like, young adult people uh, who dress up like animals and pretend to be animals because that's more comfortable for them. But more and more, it's becoming more and more kids because kids are struggling with identity because we're not teaching them what identity really is. And we're teaching them these things that you have to find your identity. I'm going to go on with this particular story in the LAUSD and this, um, <clears throat> this rainbow club because one of the things they were presenting is um, this two-spirit Native American sexuality, which, quote-unquote, has survived centuries of colonial violence and prejudice, end quote. Um, 
this is where, again, we're getting off into this place that is definitely outside of the Bible of male and female. It's definitely outside of the realm of the natural world in terms of created order, just that we see. And um, this there's a video in this curriculum that talked about European colonizers who victimized Native Americans, and they, quote, imposed homophobia, rigid binary gender roles, and misogyny, which were attributed to the Christian tradition, end quote. That's why this is important to understand. It's important to hear this. It's as weird as it is. It's important to listen to what is going on in the school districts, sponsored by the school districts, promoted by the school districts, that are teaching your kids about two-spirit, which is a gender identity, and that the reason we need different gender identities is to avoid the Christian tradition. If your kids are in these situations and you don't know what's going on with your kids, please invest in your kids, invest some time in them, figure out what is going on in and around their lives. And I am talking about a Californian example, but I, again, I have looked at, at schools I have reports from schools across different cities, literally in in most of America. Things like this are happening all over the place. This is not unique, though it is probably the most outlandish in this particular example. So it's important to understand this. And I'm not going to talk much more about what is going on here, but, but we need to know that these things are happening. We need to know that there are even school districts and people in the school districts who are targeting your kids? I don't know how else to say it. I mean, they're going after kids because they know, as we should know, if you get the generation, if you get the young ones, then you get the whole society. That is just how this works. It's how it's worked for all of time. And they are, they know it and they're going after them. And we need to pay attention to this because it's important. Our kids are the most important thing that we have and we need to invest in them. Parents, do not just send your kids to school and say, okay, now you can go learn all the things you need to know. My job is done and you wash your hands and you don't deal with it anymore and you don't have conversations and you don't deal with your kids. Please, please don't do that. Spend the time with your kids every single day trying to figure out where they are, what's going on with them, how you can be more involved in their lives. It is really, really important. It is this important. The reason I bring you stories like this is not to scare you, but it's to help you understand that if you don't stand up and take control of parenting your kids, someone will. And the person who will is probably not the person that you want to. I'm just saying this is not this isn't to inspire fear or anything like that. It's just to inspire understanding and to know like you need to get involved and you need to get involved now. If you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, if you're an uncle, like just start paying attention to these things. If you ever think you want to have kids, pay attention to these things. I have a lot of people that I've come across that have four-year-olds and five-year-olds and they're thinking about, well, what am I supposed to do with my kids? Where am I going to, where am I going to put my kids? Am I going to send my kids to schools like this? Am I not? Am I, am I going to figure out private school, homeschool? Like what are all these options? And I'll talk more about that as we get more along into some different episodes, but these are decisions you have to make and you have to figure out and it's important. And I would go so far to say as it is worth sacrificing yourself, your time, your energy, your money for your kids, then sending them off to these wolves who will lead them into 
I don't even know what to say into dark, dark places, into dark, dark places. And, and it's, it's easy sometimes to recognize wolves. Sometimes it's not so easy to recognize the wolf when it's dressed up like grandma or when it's dressed up like something else as in the, uh, Red Riding Hood story. That was a weird analogy, but I think you get the idea. We need to understand that our kids are being targeted by literally every facet of the liberal leftist regime. They just are. And this is this is one of the things that's going on. You know, I want to end uh, trying to end on a high note because I, I recognize and I've been told that sometimes it's just all depressing. And I hope I'm not depressing. And I hope that <laughs> you've made it this far with me because hopefully this is this is a good thing. Um, I'm going to end with a carol. I'm going to end with a Christmas carol. This is today's carol. Um, one of my favorites is God rest you merry gentlemen. And, and I think this does actually tie into where we've been. I think it ties in because if you process through all of that, like I've processed through all of that, we just went through, sometimes you can end up going, going, what is going on and what are we going to do? And, and how do we, how do we deal with this? God rest you merry gentlemen talks about this and it might not sound like it does, but it does. God rest you merry gentlemen is one of my favorite Christmas carols. It's over 500 years old because it's a song of joy and celebration. Often, I think we sing hymns without knowing what they mean, especially when they have old words like God rest ye merry. I don't use that in normal phraseology when I'm just walking around talking to people or my kids or whatever. But the first line is really important. Once we understand the first line, we can understand the whole song. The first line, God rest ye merry gentlemen, is often misunderstood. I feel like we don't understand where the commas go. We don't understand how this works. But God rest. Rest doesn't mean to take a break. It means to actually stay, to remain. Rest. Rest at your post. You're at rest. You're ready. Like rest assured. You, you don't have to worry because the, the author is saying God give you rest. Rest assured in this thing. And in this instance, when it says God rest ye merry, it's not saying like Merry Christmas, but it's saying be joyful, be full of joy. You should be merry. God give you rest and give you joy and then you can go forward because tidings of comfort and joy. And I love this. Let nothing you dismay. When you start hearing these words, when you start understanding these words and what it's talking about, you start understanding, oh, just rest assured. God has got this. Be merry. Remember, Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. That's how we can have tidings of comfort and joy. Tidings of comfort and joy. For those living in reality of these weird life challenges and understanding the news and understanding all of these things, to remember Christ the Savior was born to the lost, to us. That's the reason we can be assured. We can be full of comfort and joy. The coming of God with us to be with us that he might bear our sins is really a good cause for this courageous spirit in the world, in this weird and dark world that we've been hearing about. We were told repeatedly, uh, many people in, in the Bible were told, be strong and courageous. Uh, Josh was told over and over again, be strong and courageous. That's the sentiment in this song. If God is for us, if God is with us, Emmanuel, God with us, who can be against us? So rest assured, be full of joy, you men and women of God. I love that. God bless you in this Christmas season. I hope that you have a wonderful holiday. I'll do hopefully a couple more episodes before we get to Christmas. So again, as always, God bless and keep the faith. Mm-hmm.